Hello, welcome back to the For Reals podcast with Amanda and Jessica. Hey guys, um, we brought Abby into the mix today. She's my oldest daughter and um, we had a really interesting topic to talk about. And so I think we, um, we need, we're ready to get started. Yeah, I'm excited. Welcome, Abby. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, guys. I'm super excited to finally uh, join you guys. Um, Abby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what your age is? Um, so, as Jessica said, I'm her oldest. I'm 23. I'll be 24 in August. So, I'm getting up there. Dang, um, girl. Right now, I... <laughs> Right now, I work at the Harley store here in Green River, Wyoming. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, how's Wyoming? Um, a little bit. I actually really like it. It's after I moved from Rollins, I swore up and down I would never go back to Wyoming. And being in Green River, it's just so different. It's small town living but it's beautiful here there's not a lot of wind <laughs> oh nice and it's just it's a really nice place to be it's pretty over here yeah yeah I'm glad you're happy I'm glad things are going good for you and most importantly it's affordable <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's always Seriously. a big deal <laughs> yes. okay. yeah it's uh way better well I um, I invited. You guys I want to know a little bit about. Yeah. What okay. do you want to no, share? With you're us? Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you want to share? <laughs> I. Um. I mean. Oh gosh, I don't know. You're you're good. Go ahead. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. All right. So we. I. I really wanted Abby on the show today because. Um, I want to talk about patterns that women have in their relationships. And we're talking like friendships, boyfriends, um, all of it, right? But what Amanda and I have talked about for years is noticing this pattern of people that we welcome into our lives. And then we discuss, once we've picked out the pattern, usually when this the relationship goes sour in some way or another, then we figure out, oh, we're going to have this conversation again, right? <laughs> And, and we, once we picked out the pattern, we, we try to like dissect it and figure out like how it pertains to what's going on in our life or maybe something that we need to learn or, or, you know, we, and we just completely have a conversation about this. And we've had this, I would say at least 20 times about, you know, things that have happened in relationships we've had in our lives. And Abby is coming off of a new breakup. And um, this is a conversation that we can have with Abby in this age group because uh, that we couldn't have with Anwin because she has a, a, quite a bit of experience with um, relationships, friendships, boyfriends, all of that. And so it's really interesting always. You know, Amanda and I have our own personal conversations with each other and we know each other super, super well. And we're also the same age. So we have a lot of things in common and a lot of experiences that are similar, but it's always great to bring in a different generation into the mix of these conversations that we have to see what their perspectives are and what, um, how they see the world. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it is different being a little bit younger because you get 
I wouldn't say it's too much of a difference, but nowadays there's definitely, I, I honestly would say it's harder nowadays. What makes it harder? Dating is hard. Um, just cause when you, when you go out into the world and you're looking to be in the dating pool, there are so many things that you're expected to look out for. And after this most recent breakup for me, my mom has drilled it into my head that there are generational traumas that you have to be on the lookout for. Because if, say, you are with this guy and he had a very crappy past with his mom and dad or with his, <clears throat> or with his brothers and sisters, then he's going to carry that with him, especially if he doesn't even know that he has it. So it kind of just, it really makes dating hard because everybody has generational trauma at this point. It's just a matter of finding out, is it something that they're willing to heal from? Or if it's something that they're just going to tuck away and let repeat over and over with their kids and with their kids' kids. So, Right. Yeah. And I think that's always been there. You're right. It's important to find somebody that's like, willing to like heal and grow and learn rather than just keep repeating the same mistake over and over and and not really caring about trying to improve or or understand it yeah absolutely i i and i do i get the whole um it's dating is harder when you start the minute you start seeing the trauma you start seeing the pattern um in that person's life you know, you feel obligated to bring it forth to them and say, hey, I see this. And what do you think about that? You know, or have a conversation about Uh it. You guys are breaking up a little bit. Oh, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear everybody. I can too. Are you good, Abby? It's a lot of work. It's so much work that they don't, they're not capable of it or or they just don't want to do that work. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are some um, what are some patterns that you've seen in your life, um, Abby, in your what are some patterns that you've seen you carry through that you think might be generational? Um, For me, I definitely think having so much divorce in my life has kind of put a. it's kind of given me a little bit of generational trauma, kind of gives me a fear of commitment and it gives me a fear of, oh, well, if it, it might work out now, but in seven years when we decide to have kids, then you don't want to be with me anymore or I don't want to be with you anymore. And it's just, it kind of, um, it's nerve wracking a little having to think so far in advance, even in just the beginning. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think a lot of our relationship, not just our, if you think about your relationships in life, just think about growing up and the friendships you had as you were a child. And then as you went into high school and then you got out of high school, you kind of outgrow people or you lose that connection or things happen and it takes you different places. And I think you have to apply that same thing to relationships. And I think it's hard because 
you know, we think that there's just this one person that we're supposed to be with forever, but we live a lot longer than we used to. I mean, people used to die a lot younger. And so we think that, you know, we look in the past and we're like, well, we get married and, and marriage was based on, you know, that our lives were a lot harder and shorter and there was less interaction with other humans and there was less, you know, ability for change because there was just life was just so hard. They were focused on eating and putting a roof over their head versus self growth. And, you know, there, there's just so much more. Our, our society and our culture is so different. And so I, I think it's unrealistic to, and it's also understandable why people don't stay together because we change and grow and go different paths and take different jobs and be, and there's just so much going on. And, and then we, we're harder on ourselves when it becomes comes a relationship versus friendships because we feel like we failed and we feel like we're supposed to be with this person forever and then we've let ourselves and our families down when most of our relationships haven't lasted a lifetime most of our relationships have ended for whatever reason and so mm-hmm. i think it's it's just a different way of looking at it and to look at a re- when you go into a relationship to look at it like is this going to last? Should I even try? Or is it going to fail in seven years? You you can't do that. You have to be present in the moment. And, and I mean, I can't, I can't say you can't do it at all because you do have to look at some of those things. Do we want the same things? Do we both want kids? Are we both willing to, you know, are we compatible? But you can't mm-hmm. answer the question, that question, you never know what's going to happen. And you never yeah. know what direction you guys are going to be led into. You just have to know that is this a good person? Are we compatible? How do we feel about each other? Is the chemistry there? Is, um, yeah, it's just, it is complicated and there always will be that fear, but it's just, I guess it's, it's hard to know and it's hard to answer those questions. Even in the most perfect relationships, you never know. You never know what can happen. Yeah, exactly. You never know. And like mom always says, it's everything happens the way it's supposed to. So you kind of just got to go with it. You do. And it's scary. And that's the scary part of love and relationships, not and not just romantic ones, even friendships. I, you know, I have a hard time committing to friendships and stuff because of the fear of, am I going to get backstabbed by the girl that I just, you know, is she going to share that? You know, it's hard to put your trust in other people because of things that you've experienced in the past and the disappointment that you've seen yourself and other people go through and then to put your heart out there and know that you you're going to be vulnerable vulnerable and and could possibly get hurt is not is not an easy thing but it's what life's all about you know and if we just hit away and we didn't do those things then we wouldn't be really experiencing life to the fullest yeah and and divorce comes you know when you've got a lot of divorce under your belt and you grow up and you know in that divorce arena it comes there's certain things that people don't talk about that come with divorce and that's um, a certain level of neglect um, it, it the parents are so wrapped up in whatever's going on in their divorce that they're not they're just not paying attention to their children as much or the opposite where it's obsessiveness where the parent becomes this crazy controlling mm-hmm. parent where they're quite, yeah they're just giving their kid too much attention right and right becoming, so you've got those two polarities that are involved in divorce um 
I would say um, with Abby, she didn't, I don't think either one of her parents was overbearing, and this is just my opinion. I think more, she felt more neglect than she felt, she felt the other one. Would you agree with that, Abby? Um, yeah, I suppose. I definitely wouldn't say overbearing at all, but um, yeah. I definitely have noticed, like, I, yeah. And then, maybe, and so maybe then, a little. And so then when, you know, when you talk about the trauma that you experienced and the first thing that came to mind was divorce, and then you look back at your relationships, the men that you've chosen to connect with, um, how do you tie potentially that neglect that you felt during the, your childhood when your parents were so wrapped up in getting divorced and doing their own things, how do you tie that to the choices of the men that you've chosen so far in your 24 years to be with? Um, I definitely find myself choosing problematic men who have a whole bunch of baggage, but I also, I find myself drawn to them because I feel like they will give me all of the love and attention that I need. And I feel, I feel that oh, hey, this one wants to hang out with me every single day. That's awesome. I love that kind of feeling. And But it pushes to the wayside all of the bad things that end up coming with that anyways and all of the bad things that have happened in this person's past who has made them who they are. So it's kind of just like one track mind. I'm looking for this because something happened in my, when I was young that made me feel like I just need to be given constant love and attention all the time. Right. Exactly what I was getting at. So your your pattern, you you found a pattern, you choose a specific guy. It happens it just so happens that all the guys you've chosen were problematic, but you didn't see their problems because you no, were so yeah. focused on getting that attention that you didn't get as a child. So you've got this wounded child where you're still trying to make that that child better feel better right and so the first yeah. guy that comes along and gives you attention you don't see any of the red flags you don't see the problematic stuff that they've got right there because you're just like oh he's giving me this he's giving yeah. me this and this is enough this is all i need i don't care about any of the other things i'm not trying to discriminate against him you know i if we have love that's all we need right and yeah. and i the reason that i wanted to talk about this today was because I have noticed patterns in my relationship cho choices, um, and I know Amanda has too, but mine was um, similar. And it's kind of crazy that we both felt the same type of neglect as children by the people who were supposed to love us. And the generational trauma part that comes in here is that I felt what you felt as a child. And then I grew up and I ended up passing it along and you ended up feeling the same thing as a child, even though I didn't mean to. I didn't go out trying to make my child feel as neglected as I did. I still did it and I didn't even, you know, it wasn't something I did consciously. And that's where the generational part comes in is it's like this, this thing that's passed down to us that's subconscious, it's already ingrained in us and we don't even know we're doing it and we turn around and we do it to the next generation. And so um, I have made it as I've, and I didn't figure any of this out 
for years, right? Not until like the, what, the last five years of my life, right? Yeah. And that I pass these things on to my kids and they're literally living the same thing out, right? And, um, and then when I figured it out, then I was like, well, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to end all the generational trauma that's been handed down to me that I've been subconsciously passing on to other people or subconsciously living out in my relationships. Um, and so the identity part is the most important part. And I have literally made it my mission to show this to my children. And it's so wonderful to hear Abby come on here and talk about it and understand it um, and the ways that she does, because that's been my number one goal is to be able to have my kids not do what I did and not do what my mom did and not do what my grandma did. Um, and, and so I, I'm really glad that I hear, I'm hearing what I'm hearing from Abby right now, um, because as sad as this scenario is, as sad as divorce can be, and as sad as, as it is that both of us felt the same type of neglect as children, neither one of us is crying about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so we all have to, there's, you know, there's some learning that goes along with growing, being in our twenties. And I think we all have to experience these like relationships, not all of us, but many, a lot of us have to experience relationships and go through these um, things that aren't fun to go through to also learn about ourselves and also learn about the type of person and the partner we want to have. And I, I think a lot of it is also normal to like, you know, go through, but I, I definitely get that there's some of that generational stuff going. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. You were raised that way and then you were taught by your parents of how they raised you. And then you just moved on, moved that forward. But I think one thing to know is that, you know, when you talked about your relationship, your recent relationship, you were saying that you loved that attention and love and, but then you overlook some things because you just crave that so much. And I think, just knowing now I don't want you to go the other direction so far because because attention and getting attention and love from your partner are is okay it's good but then it's mm -hmm. just making sure that those other things that aren't okay aren't there and and I think I don't want you to learn like oh my gosh too much attention and love is too is bad and now I need to go somebody with somebody that doesn't give me so much attention because maybe that's better I, I want you to learn that it's it needs to be everything needs to be in place. So when you get that attention and love from somebody, that's okay, but just make sure that those other qualities are there too, that you know are a priority for you, that you know are good for you, are healthy for you, are healthy for long-term commitment, are healthy for you to be happy. And it comes with learning about yourself, but then really understanding what kind of, what do you need and want out of a relationship to feel happy and, and to, for it to be long-term and, yeah, so I just, I just like, I was a little bit hesitant when you talked about it because I was worried, like, when you talked about it, you talked about attention and love, but also problems, and I don't want you to combine those as one thing. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah definitely, definitely a difference there, so. Um, I would, I'm only um, giving you that because I think that that's something that I would have done. Uh, yeah. Because I think that for me, Sometimes, like for me, I would back away from people that gave me a lot of attention and love because it felt like too much. Like, mm -hmm. and for you, you craved it. But for me, it was like, 
it was a red flag for me if somebody came on really strong and gave me a lot of attention and love. So then because it felt uncomfortable for me, I was tend to draw be more drawn to somebody that didn't give me that even though I wanted it. So so then it was like it's like finding that balance of how much is too much? I don't know. I, this is probably making this way more complicated than what, but I don't know if you got, if this is making any sense at all, but I just, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> you know, it actually, it's funny because, because I got both in the same relationship over almost a three year span. I got being given undivided attention all the time to getting nothing and being at the very bottom of the barrel when it came to matters so it's um it was very interesting to see the switch-ups that can happen with just even just the same person yeah the inconsistencies yeah yeah and it was it was good for me to be able to see that because now I'm like all right I liked this I did not like that Uh I need to find someone who can give me a happy medium and also it the three years showed me that okay I used to be this way when it first happened I got better and now it's time to move on to different things it's time for us to grow separately and if it comes back around and we meet each other again one day when we're better then that's okay but right now we're gonna take a step back and we're gonna work on things on our own separately Right. Yeah, I think it's that's so true. And I think it's as I don't know, I feel like women do this more, but we just um, accept less than we know what we deserve. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's part of the self healing and self growth that we talk about so much, because when you do that healing on your own and you work on yourself and you work on, okay, I'm okay with this, but I'm not okay with that. And then really owning that as a part of who you are and giving your, that's, that's what self-love is all about. That's the healing Mm -hmm. and the self-growth. And it's saying, you know, I, I deserve better than that. And I didn't get that from my partner and that's not okay moving forward. And, and it's, we, it's so important to do that and to grow and, and have those expectations for yourself and, and have your standards for yourself and not allow those things moving forward. And again, don't, this is all stuff that we experienced, you know, Jessica and I, as we went through our relationships Mm -hmm. in our twenties and met partners. And there's a lot of things you don't know in the beginning that you learn as you go through the relationship and that, that are exposed later on. And that's after you're in love and after you're committed to somebody and you feel this pressure to work through it and to, we just, we, I, I don't, I'll never understand it, but just how us humans are, we don't leave relationships. We like, we'll like, we'll just try to figure it out even the, at our own self-sacrifice. And, yep. and it's, it's a terrible thing that we do to ourselves and also do to each other because there's two people trying to make something work, even though they're so miserable and it's so not right. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And you know what you did reveal a little bit, Amanda, um, about, your patterns and about what your, you know, what your behavior has been in relationships when you said that if something didn't feel, if something didn't feel, if it felt too, like too much attention, then you'd back away because it made you uncomfortable, um, even though you really wanted it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think that um, these, 
that was an excellent point that you that you just said there when you pointed out to Abby that we have been through so many you and I have been through so many relationships that that's why we know what we know at this point, right? Right. And for Abby to expect to be able to have a couple under her belt and then jump right into the right relationship right now, um, it might be an unfair expectation of herself, right? Right, right. And that, I think that that point is so important for our 20-year-olds and uh, to know because um, there's there there comes so much wisdom and, and there's just this wealth of information that you learn every time you have a new relationship. It's the part where you said where people just don't leave. It's the part where you know. It's time to go now. Yeah, you got to listen what, to those yep, red flags. I've gotten what I can get from this. This is the most I'm going to be able to benefit positively from this. And now I've got to go because there's more for me to learn. And yeah, and it's holding you yeah. back. You know it's holding yep. you back. You know it's not healthy. And it's actually, as heartbreaking as it can be, it's actually the most courageous and most brave and self-love thing you 100%. can do is 100%. to let somebody go and say, you know what, I love you. And this is heartbreaking, but I can no longer be in this relationship for both of our sakes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then another part. Oh, so go ahead. Sorry. That's kind of where we were, where we had ended up. Because, like, I, I saved him from a very low spot. But in the midst of saving him, I was depleting myself. And I was, I wanted him to get better. But I couldn't also be better while he was doing that. And so at that point, you just got to you got to make a decision. That's true. And that sounds like that also sounds like a generational thing, because that's Jessica. She's always like doing <laughs> that same thing is trying to like give everything to somebody and help them figure them out and then lo losing herself. And I think she taught you that, you know, it's like. I, but I see so much potential in this person and yes. I like this is this so Jessica and I like I want to be able to help them do like I just know they can do it and they're so excited and putting all this energy into this other person because you know them at their core and you want to bring that out of them and although that's great and I love it we Jessica and I have learned <laughs> over this time that you just can't do that for them and it has to go into yourself and then they have to see that in you and they have to want that for themselves for to, themselves. For themselves. Yeah. yeah. So the best thing you can do is to set that example and say, look at me, I'm working on myself. This is what I want. You develop that confidence. You, you be what you want them to be. And if they can't match you on their own, then you have to walk away because they're going to bring you down. Yeah. They're going to bring you yeah. to their level. And so you want somebody to match your energy, match your what you bring to the table and want and it, it's got to be like somebody that's like giving constant give and take back and forth. They're giving, you're giving, they're taking, you know, it's just this flow of like energy going back and forth and bringing each other up and helping that person. And they also help you. It's just not all you trying to help another person. And then you're so depleted. You have nothing left. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you're learning this, Abby. It's exciting. I mean, <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just glad she's what, mom. Seven years. Yeah, but years. girl, you're like not even 24 yet. I didn't learn this until I was in my 40s. 
<laughs> right. We're saving the next generation. We're saving the next generation. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like this is is a part of growing up. It, it is. It, you know, it's just like you, you have to. It's kind of like even the most basic things, you know, Grace started sixth grade this year and she got a locker at the beginning of the year. And one of the girls asked her for her locker code and she gave it to her um, because I think she wanted to get a piece of gum or something out of her locker. Well, then that girl kind of abused it and she was going to her locker when Grace wasn't there. And one of the people at the school noticed and they reached out to us. Well, Grace had to learn. She didn't know that she couldn't trust people. She's naive and innocent. It's a relationship thing she yeah. learned. That So like, just, I mean, no, that's basic and simple, but it's something that you don't realize as a child until you experience it. That, okay, I can't trust everybody. That was her first yep. time. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I thought I always, my mom, I could always trust my mom. I could always trust my siblings. And now I thought I could just go into the real world and just be the same. And it's not. So now she's like, okay, wait a second. It's the same with all these relationships with everybody that we've been surrounded with, whether it's a girlfriend, a guy, a boyfriend, whatever. They're all teaching us stuff like, oh, I thought I could do this, but now I can't. And so that's just the same thing you're doing here is like, but you have to learn from these things and say, okay, that was not okay. And I should have done this sooner, but hey, I'm learning and I'm taking what I've learned and now I'm going to apply it to the next one. And, you know, there's so many different personalities and people and things that people bring to the table that you don't know is going to happen. And you just have to learn, am I okay with this? Is it going to bring me down or can I match it? Can I, is it going to make me a better person? And if not, then it's probably not right for me, you know? Yeah. I think that um, one of the other things that we forget about when we're choosing relationships for ourselves is that um, over the years, we have different phases, right? So we go through different phases, different healing places in our lives, um, or we just like and prefer certain things that we grow out of, right? And so when we have a relationship and we're in one phase, and then through that time in that relationship, we move into a different phase, but the relationship doesn't move with us, or the person in the relationship doesn't move with us, we still have to recognize that, okay, am I who I was when I first met this person? And then if I'm not, is are they conflicting? Like the person that I was before, is it conflicting? And then also, um, am I with this person, um, the person that I'm with, that I got with back in this old phase, are they accepting this new phase of me? Is this this new, you know, version of me? Or are they trying yeah. to drag me back into this old place that I don't want to be and I've grown out of already? Because um, mm-hmm. that's a huge that's a huge part in life too. Is that we 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 evolve and we grow no matter what, mm-hmm. and so that means that sometimes we grow out of relationships. Right. I feel like that's kind of something that happened with you and Abby's dad, Jeremy. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you were, I feel like, oh, is it like a growth and just being in different places? And um, it, yeah, I, I feel like that's a, a good example. Um, I think it's complicated, though, because you still have the emotions and you remember what it felt like to be in love or you know those first you know have those memories together you're caught Mm -hmm. up in the experience so 
it's easy when you're like outside of it to like talk it through and like see it from a different perspective. But when you're in the relationship, it's so complicated because you have still that love there and those memories and that connection and you know, or, or sometimes there's that like sexual chemistry too that you have that brings you, connects you for the moment. Yeah. And so then that complicates things because it skews your perspective because it, it, cause you know in your mind that maybe it's not right, but then that, that draws you to that person. So it's just such a complicated situation that it's not always easy to see it you just have to I think the biggest thing is knowing your happiness like do I feel happy or is this constantly something that's causing a lot of stress and anxiety in my life and making me feel uncomfortable or making me like it's always in my mind like and it's holding you know I can't even focus on anything else because it's just so consuming of my you know my energy I think that's when you know it's not right yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I've I've definitely caught on to some of my patterns that I um in the last couple of years, but then I'm because I'm able to see my patterns, I'm able to see other people's patterns too. Um it makes it so much easier for me to see others and um and they they're just become blatant to me, but don't try to tell people don't try to tell people. I, I was just going to say, Jessica, <laughs> there you go, trying to, like, help. Uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, they do. They, I mean, you can point it out in a gentle way, but they do have to figure it out on their own. Yes. You know, it's yeah. a journey, and you have to be ready. I know, like, when I was, like, going through my divorce with my first husband, I knew for the longest time that it wasn't right, but I the, it has to be you have to get to the place where you're you are OK with it or you knew it was the moment. But you're just it, it's a journey and a personal journey like you can't you can't somebody else can tell you, but you have to know in your heart when it, when the right time is to end things or when the right time is to move on or to have those conversations, even though, you know, that it probably isn't you still have to. To, to go through all that. I don't know if it's a grieving process. I don't know what it is, but it's a process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Abby, what are your thoughts on all this stuff we're um, talking about? I mean, it was, if we would have been having this conversation a year and a half ago, even I would not be on the same page with at all. Honestly, it took my mom a very long time to realize that, yeah, you're going to have to figure this out on your own and it's going to it's going to hurt, but um like you guys said, it's a personal journey and you have to be willing to take that journey and accept that journey in order to even realize that like hey, maybe some of these people were right. Maybe somebody actually knew what was going on, but since they were on the outside looking in, they could see it and I couldn't. So it's all um it's coming full circle now. I'm sure this makes mom super happy. No, <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's never fun to see. It doesn't it matter even I mean I think it's especially harder when you it's your own kid. But it's never fun to see somebody that is in a relationship that it, you know probably isn't going to work out and it's not for the best for that person. I don't care who it is. You don't really you want you don't want to see that, especially not your your daughter. 
so Abby, yeah. would you? I mean, more. I mean, more of like mom's probably happy that I'm finally realizing what she's been saying. Like, hey, you have a pattern with these men, and you keep repeating it, and that's why you keep getting hurt. And I would just essentially tell her to screw off. Like, you don't right. know me. You don't know what's going on in my life, uh. and. Now she's seeing that I'm seeing things the way she has. Been. Right, but so look what she's been through. That's what will make her happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she went through the same thing, though, and you you witnessed it, right? So mm-hmm. I think you probably felt the same thing going towards her, you know, especially when she was going through, what, you know, her you know last divorce or whatever. I'm sure you mm-hmm. felt like... I th- I'm sure you saw things before your mom saw them or you realized things that you wish she was aware of or that you knew didn't feel right. But, but you, yeah. so you, you cut, it was kind of both, it goes both ways. I think we looking outside when you're outside of the relationship, you're aware of things that the person that's inside it just can't see or doesn't want to see. And you want them to know it and you want them to see it, but they, they, it has to be on their own timeline and their own journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can't force it. Otherwise, it just draws a wedge between you and then you're really alone after that. So, Right. So when you think about a relationship in the future or dating again, what's some things that you feel like you have learned or that you want moving forward? Um. Um, I would definitely want someone who doesn't already have kids because that has also been one of my small patterns that I find a man who's already been married and who has kids with this woman and it inevitably always goes wrong. Um, I definitely want to find somebody who's got a good relationship with their parents and with their family because if there isn't a good relationship there then they're never going to be able to have a good relationship um and I don't know I feel like feel like I need to just I can't keep trying to fix the broken men that keep popping up in my life and like I'm not going to lie, my most recent one I feel like that did happen for a reason I feel like I was meant to get him to a better spot because he even says when we were talking about it, he was like, you saved my life. And if I would not have met you, I would not be here right now. And so that, like, I'll take that to heart, but I don't want to fix any more broken men. I'm done doing that for a while. (laughs) Good. Yeah. No, it's all, it should be, it should be all about you and somebody that's, you know, wanting to, to take care of you just as much as you take care of them. Well, and this is yeah, a time it needs to, to be yeah. It needs this, to be reciprocated. So, yeah. But this is the time to like to fix yourself, right? This is a time to yeah. figure out what you're missing and fill it with your from your own self. Put put your own self into those holes and fill those holes yourself so that you're not needing to look outward and outside of yourself to fill the holes because it, people just other people can't do it for you. They just can't. And that's the yeah. thing I learned is that I was that was my pattern was always trying to fill my holes with other other people and and make, you know, have them make me feel better about whatever I was feeling bad about. 
And that well, and I think that's that whole thing of like when you are helping that broken person, that makes you feel good about yourself. Like, yes. oh my God, I'm doing that. Like I, I'm helping somebody in whenever you're, it, it gives you that, like that self-worth feeling by yes. doing that. But at the same time, you don't realize that it's depleting you because it's just giving it all to them. Yeah. And I was yeah, my, exactly. my big, my big child wound was I was neglected. I was, I was just cast aside and I didn't, I wasn't important enough to anybody in my family and nobody saw me, nobody heard me and nobody loved me um, in the ways that, you know, a child deserves to be loved. And so I would go out and try to save other people. Yeah. Cause you want, you didn't yeah. want them to feel that way. Like you did. Right. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. But then, you know, until, unless you know what is going on early on in your life, it, the more, the more um, probability of you turning around and doing that same thing to the next generation is really high. Even if you go out there and say, I'm not going to do it. Look at me. I just, I did it. I did it anyway. I, I said I wasn't going to do it and I did it, but just differently, you know, and it's a hidden thing. It's a tricky thing. And so I implore, I mean, the reason I want to do this episode was because I implore everyone out there, all of our listeners to really pay attention Look at your patterns, look at your relationships, but also look at how, you know, what you're, how you treat yourself, but what you're doing in these relationships, because I guarantee you, when you really start paying attention and looking at what has done, has been done or what you're doing currently, you'll find some strange patterns that you never thought you were capable of doing that maybe, just maybe somebody in a different generation than you your mom, your grandma, your great grandma, your dad, they're probably doing it too, or did it. And you're like, oh man, I just passed it on instead of ending it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. True. Yeah, it's definitely a very interesting thing. And then not just like the patterns, but also the type of people you bring into your life. We've talked about this a lot, but you keep having the same type of people enter into your life and learning from that, too. And, And but now, you know, you're quickly figuring out you're seeing the the people for who they are a lot quicker yeah so then that allows even though they're (laughs) there it's allowing you to handle and respond to them differently than you did in the past that is definitely another another thing we've been doing and we should have another episode on that as well because that is very very prevalent in my life right now (laughs) right and so abby that's thing too is that just remember you the people you attract into your life sometimes can be repeated because of these patterns that you've developed and so i think there's something to that as well is that you're you attract this type of person you attract these type of friends you attract because of how just we all we all do similar things and we do them on repeat and our the things that we've learned and the behaviors that we've learned and all these ways that we've lived our life and so we have to become of aware of it and so when you attract the same type of person into your life again because you will because it's a pattern it's a behavior then you have to be like wait a second i told myself i wasn't gonna do this 
again. I wasn't going to have the same behavior. I wasn't going to allow myself to get in this situation again. And now I've gone on three or four dates with this person and I know it's not right. And then so you, ha- yeah. you have to take that step back and be like, this is not an okay with me. I don't want to repeat the same pattern again because it's going to have a similar outcome and I'm not okay with it because I know how I felt last time and I completely depleted myself and gave everything to this other person and I'm not okay with that. And so mm-hmm. it's just a learning process and then making ourselves aware of it and then making a different choice. Doing the brave thing and making a different choice. That is the bravest yep. thing, the most loving thing you can do for yourself. If you, if you can see something right in front of you is making a different choice. Yep. Yep. And it's so hard. It is so hard. It, it is really so hard. is. Yeah, because our <laughs> we're ingrained to do the other thing. So it feels yep. completely out of character to make the different choice. And you so and it's uncomfortable, but you know you have to do it because you deserve it and it's what's good and right for you. But the other way is so comfortable, it's so easy. It's like, you know, let's just do it. It's just so easy. And yeah, uh, yeah it's so hard. <laughs> so yeah. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for coming on and being brave enough to talk about your life and your real life experiences and sharing with the world something that I guarantee you all girls your age are experiencing or have experienced. Yeah, even our point. age are experiencing. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Abby. It, is, it isn't easy to talk about this stuff because it's like we want to think we have it together. We want to be able to like – and so let's putting ourselves out there and saying like, yeah, this, I made this choice and I'm not proud of it, but here it is. And I'm, I'm owning it, but I'm also learning from it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm glad you guys invited me on. Mom's been talking about doing it for a while. And I feel like this was definitely the perfect episode to bring me in on because I am in a different place than I was even a year ago. And I, I have the capability to talk about this and I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm ready for the change that's about to come and I'm ready for the things that I need to be doing differently in order to not experience this repeating pattern so often. So um it was it was good. I'm glad you guys invited me. Yay. Yep. Just remember that that's what friends are for. And you always can reach out to people, even us, even though I know we're older, we don't know what we're talking about. But if you are struggling, because, you know, this is the like, every time I mean, Jessica reaches out to me all the time, like just recently about different relationships, like, what do you think about this? Is this what do you what, is this right or is this wrong? She said this and I, it doesn't feel right, but I, I don't know if I'm overreacting. And I think sometimes we just have to bounce that off. Like, is this going to be that same type of relationship again? And sometimes it takes a little bit to get a feel for it and to have those conversations with people like, is this healthy for me? And what do you think? And what are your thoughts? And then ultimately, you know, you are the one that has to make that decision. But to get that feedback and to support, get that support from people, if it, if you're not sure, is so key to like, as a part of your growth. And I mean, it, it's so important to have those types of people that you can count on to like help guide you with life because it's not easy on your own. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And nobody, Amanda and I have already established early on in this podcast that no, there are so many conversations that we did not get 
that we believe that we should have gotten as young adults, as young females in society. And we are bound and determined to not let the younger generations go without hearing this stuff from us mm-hmm. because we did not get it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And that's why we want to do this podcast and share the stuff that's not fun to talk about and share our insecurities and our vulnerabilities because we, we don't want people to feel like they're alone. And you know how that feels at the end. I don't care who it is at the end of any relationship, you do feel alone and you feel like nobody understands. And it was your personal experience that you went through and it's heartbreaking and it, it feels like just you're on this journey alone and you're really not, but it's hard to not feel that way. Yeah. Well, thanks right. again. You thanks guys have a good night. You too. And uh, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and post it wherever 